1: We're back once again.
0: All right. So, uh, Sunday podcast.
1: Sunday morning podcast. Late morning podcast.
0: Yes. This is our last podcast with Independent Rob. It is. Yes. Tomorrow. This
1: is my last day of independence. I'm back to sucking the man's teat tomorrow.
0: (laughs) It's all right, man. You know. It's been a good run. You're a responsible dude. So, doing what you got to. But, Mm -hmm. hopefully, might have planted some seeds somewhere. In there, you never know. It's like we were talking about yesterday, right? Like, Hotep Jesus was talking about manifesting your destiny. So, like, if you don't even think about it, and you don't even, like, have it anywhere in your head, that there's even a possibility that you could find something that you could offer the world that would be worth enough to be able to do it independently, uh, then you'd never see it. You, you gotta know? think about it to make it happen. Yeah, those that's, opportunities they may be there, and you're just not seeing them because you just haven't looked at it that way. So that's hmm. uh, in some way, man. I'll, I'll bet you're you'll never look at the world the same way again, and it might result in some interesting things for you. So we're fucking forty years old. Where are you gonna be in ten years? I know. So I know. I try. I try to figure that
1: out. I try to like project out and think about that. I can't. I, I don't have a clear picture. To be yeah, with you. I really don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, I don't either. But like, you I get to the point where, yeah, like I don't, you know, when I'm younger, you project out to like 20 or 30, maybe even 40, and you can kind of see it. But then, yeah, man, trying to project out like, dude, what am I gonna be when I'm 60? Uh-huh. Like, holy shit, I don't even. I have no idea. But uh, I definitely know that I didn't want to be uh, flipping burgers or something like that <laughs> at 60. So, it, um, we're joined by the podcast Mutt. What's up, Aka? <coughs> Aka got a good run in today. Took him for a bike ride. He, it. See, he seems pretty chill. Like, he burnt some energy this morning. Yeah, yeah. The um, PBR is uh, the name of one of the trails out there. It stands for pumps firms and rollers but it's always- Is it
1: the one that's kind of like all? Oh, if you start at the far end of it it's like almost all, downhill. Yeah, almost all really down yeah you really don't have to even pedal unless you want to haul ass yeah 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 no Like if you wanted to coast the whole thing you, you could, much could yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's uh it's actually one of my challenges i do because it's not easy to not pedal right i mean to literally not pedal like once you get started to not pedal at all again just use nothing but pumping and and technique and stuff and to shit, get free speed. It is pretty it's not easy. And if you fuck up, it takes a little bit of luck. Because if you fuck up in one section, because there's sections where you're almost coming to a standstill. Like you're like, get to that next little roller. <laughs> yes. Okay. Got some more speed to work with now. And um. But yeah, no, that's it. That one's fun. But yeah, could just hauls ass down that, wears himself out. So.
1: When you guys go out there and ride that do you do it a couple times because it's not a very really long trail
0: right no it's not long we just went out there once today okay. but usually when i go out to 18 road i'm looking for easy miles and 18 roads is an easy mile, so i'm not putting in big you know i'm not out there for like two three hours and because uh, there's no like really big sustained climbs out there and you're not coming out of the car and immediately going up a climb like all the other trails around here, you're pretty much grinding yeah, your face like, off. There's almost zero warm up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's the like,
1: distance uh, from the car to the edge of the trail. Yes. And then that, and it's like climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then and there's you know sustained climbs and more of them. And so yeah, but 18 rows just nice, easy, chill. So I was uh, my recovery score was a little low this morning, and uh, yeah, we were just looking for something easy to do. So. That was good. It's a good route. That's what makes it so much fun riding around here, because you got so much different, like
1: difficulty you know. levels.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want something easy, you go out to 18 Road. You want something like super technical and difficult, you can go out to Lunch loops You want to put in a, a big day, uh, like four plus hours. You can go out to Loma, and they're all like fucking twenty minutes or so from my house. So it's kind of fucking crazy.
1: I <laughs> forget. Yeah, because you take it for granted, you know, if you don't think about it or use it.
0: A little bit, yeah. You can. You yeah, could, you if could. You,
1: if you weren't mindful about it. It's like, dude, this is like,
0: if I was a surfer, this is like finding yep. the perfect surf spot, you know. And, uh yeah, when it's fucking six foot and glassy out there, I want to get out there and ride. So, you can just pick, take your pick. What do you feel like doing today? And that's just the three main trail systems. I mean, you got Rabbit Valley, which has a ton of shit. You've got all the stuff out in Palisade. You've got some of the stuff up further in Bangs Canyon. So, I mean, there's just, like, trails everywhere around here. But that's why there's so much mountain bikers, like, so many mountain bikers coming here now to visit. And uh,
1: Do you notice a lot more people on the trails nowadays than from when you first moved oh, here? Oh, I do when
0: I first moved here? Yeah. I mean, I can be, like, the crotchety old dude. So, dude. Doing the math, I realized I've been here for almost 14 years. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's long enough to see some significant changes. And uh, the big one is lunch loops. Like lunch loops went from, dude, a tiny dirt lot with no bathroom. No one ever went out there. When I first moved here, it was still open to Jeeps. You could drive your fucking Jeep up the, the Tabawash Road
1: and most people shied away from it because it was pretty technical super technical because I mean I was right I rode quite a bit when I first moved here I mean I was terrible I never, yeah. I never took it serious and the learned the skill of it and yeah going out there it was it was a fucking rough go
0: dude this, that's it's, some of the rockiest most technical trails yeah. in all of Colorado which is saying something and uh yeah and, but yeah it's uh no one would go out there it was great you could go out there I remember going out there on a Friday afternoon and it was like me and one other car in the parking lot and uh and then they fucking expanded the lot and put in a shitter and they got that little (laughs) yeah the the skills part kind of came after that that was that was just kind of part of the growth of it but what it was is you put in a part you pave a parking lot and put in a shitter and it is amazing how many more people just start showing up
1: that's what i'm worried about uh mount garfield that hike
0: yeah
1: you know it's a real beautiful steep hike we have here by us and it's, it's a tough fucking hike. It's yeah. Two miles, one way, you gain 2,000 feet in elevation. It's no joke. And right now, it's, the directions to get there aren't real clear. Right. The parking lot is you got to go under this sketchy little highway underpass type thing that gets filled with water if there's any rain. And the parking lot's is kind of shitty. And uh, our buddy Nate. And he was talking about, you know, he's privy to that they might be doing a project up there yep. and then I like a rest stop basically. No a big parking lot and bathroom and a whole nine yards. Oh years. yeah, dude. And I would do this. I wonder what's gonna happen because I've seen so many tourists not be able to do that hike because they don't understand what they're getting themselves into. Right. And I've even I've I've actually helped quite a few tourists out and I've also pissed quite a few off. Like I'll be coming down off of it and I'll see some somebody in like sandals or fucking cowboy boots walking up to the base of this hike and I'll stop him. I'm like, Hey, uh, I don't know if you really know what you're about to get yourself into. You know, it just, you know, some old age, some fat, yeah. super fat person that's obviously not very physical. I'm like, this hike is t- really tough. I don't yeah. think you should just, this isn't just your walk in the park. And I had a couple tourists to be like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's, you don't have the right footwear I was like you were gonna hate life in about 10 minutes up that first climb and they stop and turn around but I had some people get pissed off at me like oh fuck you what you think you think because we don't live here we can't hike this and I'm like I'm sorry man I'm just was just trying to help yeah I like, yeah. had it like, and you see them like have like 15 minutes in they haven't made it up the first steep part they're fucking, and it's so steep they, they don't feel comfortable walking back down so then they're on the butt trying to slide back down the dirt it's it's a shit show yeah Anyways, okay. that's
0: funny man yeah no it'll be it will definitely change things that that is one thing i've learned is you pave the lot and put in a freaking shitter and way more people come i don't know what it is and then they started like promoting you know more come to fruta and mountain biking and come to then junction actually my first moved here fruta was like the town and then junction got in on the action they started really trying to promote like grand junction mountain biking and doing some races and series and stuff like that. So and then, yeah, they put in the skills part. Oh, and then the, uh, um, fucking born to run came out in that time too. I got to remember when born to run came oh, out, the book, the book, and, the book yeah, all of a sudden yeah. it's like, where did all these motherfucking runners come from? All of a sudden, it, you just have all these people out there and they're freaking thinking they're Tarahumaru Indians, man, and they're fucking minimalist <laughs> shoes being trail runners. And in they're in their five-finger shoes. Yeah, man. And it was they were nowhere to be seen before that goddamn book came out. And then it came out and all of a sudden it was like, what the fuck is going on here? Because uh, Lunch Loops is right across from that. There's a, a neighborhood right on the other side of the hill. So there's actually quite a few people that live super close to that trailhead. So, but when it was a small trailhead and, you know, trail running wasn't cool and it was just mountain bikers and it was, fuck yeah, it was a totally different scene. And so now you've got, you know, your your weekend warrior, oh, I'm coming to town, I'm going to go check out Lunch Loops, uh, fucking setting up shop with his RV and shit in the big parking lot. And then, yeah, everybody's out, a bunch of trail runners and stuff. So, yeah, it's, uh, Lunch Loops can be a bit of a shit show. And then along with, you know, trail runners and uh, um, hikers come dogs. And, mm. and, and, you know, we've talked about that a bunch, man. Like, people are such idiots with their dogs. It's like, man, like that dog can get seriously hurt if not killed if it's just running along and a, a, it, and a rider get tangled up.
1: Dude, I, you can get really fucked up. if you're hooked, Yeah, I can get something. fucked up. And a dog comes blazing out of nowhere. And, yeah. Like, you crash into it. Like, you're going to eat shit. Yes, it's dangerous. And if it's a good-sized dog, It's right? dangerous, Yeah, it's right? really it is very dangerous. Yeah,
0: and so we're all trying to share the trails there, which means that, like, you know, riders have a right to, like, you know, yes, there is, uh, we need to yield to hikers and stuff like that, but your fucking dog is not you. So, like, expecting riders to yield to your fucking dog... Is ridiculous. And uh anyway, so luckily, if you get a little bit out, like about 15 minutes in, you're outside of most of the hikers. And, you know, even a lot of the trail runners tend to stick within, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the parking lot and just hit those trails. So you can still get out there and get lost a little bit. That's good. It is good, man. It's not Southern California. Like, that's, you know, God damn, dude riding out I there
1: i can't even see that being fun it's not fun
0: it's not fun like it, if that's all that you know and that's right. all that you have then yeah it's fun but having to stop every five minutes or less for a hiker or just because there's so many motherfuckers or, or someone riding up or down or like running into other trail users just constantly is uh that's no fun for mountain no biking, fun,
1: man. It just it kind of takes part of a big part <laughs> of the your way and you're getting out there and getting away from people.
0: Yeah, like running or hiking, it's not as big a deal. But yeah, like mountain biking, you want to like be able to get some flow going, yeah. just get some. I'm I'm going here, and uh, yeah, if you're constantly having to run into people, that sucks. It does suck, man. It does suck. That's like
1: going to a ski resort on the weekend, dude. You go to, I mean, any of the, any of the resorts around here on the weekend get. They turn into a shit show, especially the main lifts. Yeah, uh, closest to the you know base of the mountain, anywhere on the mountain, but close to the easier runs and closer to the base on the weekends. Jesus Christ, dude, it is fucking terrible. Breckenridge is probably the worst. I don't know why. In my opinion, I, I don't. I haven't like researched the numbers, of, like how many total skiers they get every day. Right, right, dude. There is. You try to go there on a Friday or Friday. Fridays get busier, but they're not terrible. You definitely if you go there on a Saturday or Sunday. Holy fuck dude, you would be dumbfounded at the size of the lift lines. Like, like That's Whoa. Keystone, right? All right. Are they different? In the same area. They're different. Okay. In, in that in that what is that? Summit County. Yeah. I think you have you got A Basin, Keystone, Breckenridge. Okay. Uh, and then Vail and Beaver Creek. Uh, yeah, further. Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of the order from like east to west down Valley. Okay. Um Yeah, dude, it's it's a fuck it's I won't go to recommend anything. I won't fucking touch it. <laughs> What's crazy
0: know. is like, you're not the only person who knows this and yet people still fucking go and yeah. stand in those lines. And it, like, I just don't understand it either. But yeah, it gets, uh, do you see that with mountain biking too? Cause they've got mountain bike or the ski resorts open to riding and, uh, Yeah, on the weekends, man. It is just a shit show. Does it get that busy for mountain biking? Holy fuck, yes. And and a lot of it is uh, because they rent bikes too. So you'll get people coming who want to try this downhill mountain biking thing. And so they're like, you know, they're renting a bike and getting all the gear. And it's a whole industry, man. Then they get them out there doing skills lessons with people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) And, uh, you know, literally they're like, hey, Johnny. You look like you can ride a bike real quick, or, or pretty good. You, you want to be a coach this season and, and help these people? Like that's literally how these fucking coaches at these resorts are picked out. It's like you look like you can ride pretty good.
1: We can teach you how to teach people. <laughs> Not even that.
0: Like you must know what you're doing. Like it is literally the mountain biking is the, uh, the like the epitome of in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And it's like, dude, if you can, if you are even a half-ass rider, man, like you. Must know what you're doing like you are heads and shoulders above most people out there who just absolutely suck at at riding a bike from a technical standpoint and It's like so easy to get to be a skills coach Dude, it's like a two-stripe two-stripe blue belt like it's like if you looked out in the fucking jujitsu landscape and and it was just two-stripe blue belts everywhere running schools putting out instructionals like basically running the show and, and being like the authority in in uh, jujitsu training, like, it'd be like that. It's frightening. It's fucking frightening. It's frightening. Like the advice is not only wrong, it's like dangerous. You know, and it is literally like that. You have fucking a bunch of two stripe blue belts in a world of white belts. And dude, you know, you know, like if you're a white belt, a fucking blue belt seems like a god. Right. You think they know what they're doing compared to you? They are amazing. And especially if you've never run into a black belt, like a legit black belt, like, man, you could think like a fucking, you know, good blue belt, decent purple belt is like the shit. And you have like that is the mountain biking world is full of those type of riders who just live in an area where there's no black belt. So there's no comparison. Like, like the old days of jiu-jitsu. It's like the old days of jiu-jitsu, man. Like, if you don't know any better, like, a two-stripe blue belt can open a school, especially if there's no other black belts in the area. There's no one else around who's better than them. Like, yeah. And I, like that is exactly what the fuck is going on, man. It is, it's frightening. But, yeah, it's a whole industry, man. The whole downhill, like, lift access, uh, bike park thing, and it's all, they call them flow trails, which basically means they're, like, giant 10 15 foot wide they're basically like uh like jeep roads you know and they'll have like some little features on the side here and there if you want to try something but you can basically just rent a big ass bike take some skills lessons from some dumbass, (laughs) and then just ride down these green trails or you know some of them get into blue but, but there's no no features nothing hard at all to challenge you you're just riding downhill on this big ass bike that's doing all the work and, and it's like, yay, and it's like, fuck. You know, on some level, it's hard. It's like, look, I know you're having fun, but you'd have more fun if you knew what you were doing. You and know? That was
1: part of the reason why I got out of mountain biking. Is, dude, I would, you know, it's weird, you know, looking back at it and just as, as, as I was listening to you talk, like, the, there was, dude, there was very little talk. I, I had a couple buddies that I ride with, and they were better than I was. And then again, I was like a white belt that didn't know how to time a belt. And I mean, I don't know how good these guys were to me. Right. They were they were better than I was, but there was still like very little talk of technique or anything. Yeah, that's a and,
0: newer. And, and there there yeah. was there was none of that. Yeah. And if you. Ten years ago, it was not as big. Yeah, a Yeah, that's about when it was. Yeah.
1: And looking back, if there would have been somebody like, hey man, let me help you. Let me show you how to get over this rock. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. There, was, there was none of that. It was yeah. just fucking pedal your face but off. You see like, but you
0: would have been like, oh, cool, now show me. Right. And now you got some two-stripe bluebell who doesn't know any better showing you what he thinks is the right technique.
1: But at least it would have been better than not anybody showing me. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Depends on how fucked up my information was getting.
0: Right. I mean, but it's... It, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, if, if the information they're giving you is not only wrong, but it's dangerous, like, would you have been better off just continuing to in a space to learn yourself like sometimes having somebody coach you and coach you wrong is worse because you will learn how to do it right eventually like you your brain is the ultimate problem solving machine like you keep presenting it with the with the problem and in the right environment to solve it in and it will fucking figure it out so you know that's uh i i do i personally think especially mountain biking like most riders would be way better off like not getting coaching like, just, uh, like, the best thing that happened to me is when I started riding, I didn't get into mountain biking. I got a mountain bike to commute to work. I kind of got into mountain biking in the back door. I went, you know, started riding because I was bored on the weekend. It's like, oh, I like this mountain biking thing. And so, I didn't have any friends who are mountain bikers. You know, a lot of people get into it that way. Like, they have friends who are mountain bikers, and they're like, hey, come ride with us, you know? And so, if you get into it, well, now you've got this group, and they're telling you what to think. They're telling you how to, what gear to buy. They're trying to help you. You know, just like we do with pe- new white belts. We're trying to give you advice to help you. Right. But you have this group who's, who's pushing you along the way. So it's just like, you know, if you start off at some crazy 10th planet place where they're teaching you rubber guard right off the bat. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like they're, 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 they're doing, they're trying to help you out, but they're really doing you a are they really doing you a disservice by teaching you this stuff without realizing, you know, what they're, what they're, uh, um, teaching you. So, um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's i, I and see, I, yeah, I think that most riders would do better with just fucking figuring it out on their own, but that was what I did because I didn't have any, uh, like I said, I didn't have that group, so I would just go out by myself. And I, and this is before the internet, too, thank fucking god, because <laughs> before the internet, yeah, well, I mean, the internet the was right there, time, right? it, you but know what I mean, it but wasn't it wasn't time, like it was now. now, yeah, it wasn't, and and the, the amount of uh, just armchair experts was just nowhere near the same. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't have that information. I didn't have people telling me what to do. So a lot of it was just going out there and trying to pick it apart and figure it out myself. And like, I mean, you know me, I just have that mind. So like I'm analytically like thinking about this shit. I remember watching videos and like rewinding and watching like the crash sections versus like where they clean stuff and being like, okay, he crashed here. Like what was different? What was different with his body position? You know, what did he do different? and trying to analyze that shit. And again, looking back now, I realize that's not normal. No, it's not. And, uh, but I was, I didn't know that. And so I, and I didn't have the group doing that for me and telling me that I shouldn't do that. So it was like, yeah, not having that influence early on was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. because so I was able to figure some shit out on my own. And then when I started hanging out with the riders and they're telling me stuff, I'm like, man, that's weird. Because I just, my experience does not, back that up like the whole clipless pedal thing like by the time I started hanging out with people who were you know really pushing that I should get on clipless pedals I'd have enough time riding flats to be like I just my experience is different than what you're telling me like I seem to be able to keep my feet on my pedals I seem to be able to climb just fine like all these things that you tell me that I can't do on flats I seem to be able to do so I'm gonna go with that and, uh, did you
1: ever ride clipless
0: puddles? Dude, I did. I tried, uh, um, I tried them out. And <clears throat> it was because the trails that I started riding in Santa Barbara were, uh, they, were they were like lunch loopy, mm-hmm. um, and you know technical and rocky. So not where you want to learn to ride clipless puddles. <laughs> in fact, I mean, you go out and ride lunch loops and you'll notice a much higher percentage of people out there ride flats. Like here in Junction, we have a much higher percentage of riders that ride flats than you'll find in a lot of areas because we have super technical trails with rocks where the consequences are much higher if you can't get clipped, and so just like survival instinct starts to kick in with more people and uh and they um you know migrate to flats but i bought into it so i tried the whole clipless pedal thing but the thing is i tried i had to be able to get in and out of them so i would i would ride them to work and then i would practice uh in a grass area just clipping and unclipping and i could never get my left foot Comfortable with unclipping, and so I was never like really comfortable with taking them on the trail and just committing to going down a rocky trail with my feet. It seemed like fucking idiocy, like suicide. <laughs> and uh, especially because I knew I could ride fine with flats. You know what I mean? It's not like I wasn't having fun, and it's not like I was just completely helpless without my feet being attached to the pedals. It was like, you know, okay, I'm doing okay here. And then I had my proverbial my my famous moment as bike James. Uh, where I fell over. I was riding with Kelly and I fell over at stop sign because mm-hmm. I couldn't get unclipped. Yeah. And I was like, This is stupid. Yeah, this is stupid. Well, you know what? It was funny because somebody drove by and laughed at me. Yeah. And I'm sitting here with my future wife, who I've just started dating, looking up at me. I'm sitting here looking at myself, and I'm thinking like, Dude, I knew I had to stop. I still couldn't get my foot out. If this had been the trail, I was thinking of one section in particular where I really would have gotten hurt. Bad.
1: Go tumbling down the side if of the If this would have happened,
0: well I would have slammed into some fucking rocks. Yeah. You know, like that's the that's the, the thing that people don't think about is it's it's like you not being able to get your feet underneath you it means that you're just gonna take the full brunt of whatever you're slamming into with your upper body. And that is not that like hurts. yes, your upper body is not really made to do that. You're made to get your legs or a leg underneath you and help offset, absorb, deflect, things like that. Like, dude, your upper body And the higher up the upper body you go to your shoulders and your head slamming into the ground, like the more dangerous it gets, man, the worse it gets. So, yeah, I was like, fuck this shit. Like, this is stupid. I'm having way more fun on flats. I'm just going to ride those until I know that it's my pedals that are holding me back. And then I'll switch. And, like, yeah, that was... That day never came. The day never came, man. That, it literally never came. I, I, I kept riding and I kept getting better. And I was like, if somebody was faster than me, it was like, they're a better rider than me. Like, I never ran into, like, my doppelganger who was kicking my ass Dude because becomes, he was clipped in. Yeah. That was never the case. It was like, I, I ran into better riders who were clipped in, but they weren't better because they were clipped in. They were just better riders. And... You know, it's just, it's hard for people because when you get a situation where the vast majority of people in the sport specifically professionals do it a certain way, it's really easy to just point to that and say like, well, you know, like that's all the thinking you have to do. Like, cause they did all the thinking for me. They wouldn't be doing this if they hadn't thought this out already. Therefore, I don't need to think about it. I just need to point to them and say they're doing it so that's why. And it's like, dude, that is not like. Well, I remember
1: when I, the first time I bought, like, it, to me, it was an expensive mountain bike, and ice one. I mean, it was back in like 2000, 2001. You know, it got me the old specialized rock hopper. Or whatever yeah. Whatever. And that was, you know, back then it was, I think I dropped like 1500 bucks on it. it was, yeah. Like, in that ballpark. And I remember at the bike shop, this was back in Michigan. I mean, it was just like, oh, you're spending the money on this bike. Like, yeah, you just get glimpsed. The there puddles. There was no question about it. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I, I never rode on clipless pedals. Like, how the fuck do these things work? Right. And they give me, like, a three-minute <clears throat> tutorial. Yep. Like, yeah, like, oh, you're, you're dumb. Because I think at that time, seems like, yeah, my bike, it came with, you know, some cheap plastic flats on there. Yeah, Just bikes didn't, they, they don't they, come with pedals. They don't even come with pedals anymore. Right. But you, I, I remember these ones actually came with some cheap They usually plastic.
0: have, like, some cheap, like, plastic standers, But so, you're, right. they're intended for you, if you buy a high-end bike, the intention is for you to... Buy a pair right. of pedals with the bike they're not included with the bike that okay yeah so that pair uh, well, so i
1: don't know if this bike was nice enough to qualify that category yeah they all are uh, all right. yeah once, once right. you
0: kind of get up into a certain like like 1500 two thousand dollar range that tends to be the, Cause the norm is. well because everybody has their preference for clipless pedals because yeah. you've got shimano you've got you know time and speed play and and you know so if they spec a pedal on there and you buy it and you prefer a different uh or um pedal. And a lot of times people have their own pedals already you know what i mean so if you've already bought 500 dollars pedals and shoes like that's what you're using on your new bike you're not going to switch shoes, that
1: fucking shoes you wear those things oh my god like they're worse than bowling shoes Oh yeah. yeah, they're fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even if you can get your foot out and put it down on something, they're slippery as shit. Right. And it's narrow. And your and hard foot plastic. can't There's, work right. Yeah, you're, you're like your foot's in a hard fucking cast. Yeah. And so you gotta put your foot down. Your leg slides out anyways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's wild, man. It, it is. is
0: literally the like the emperor's new clothes come to life, where everyone out there thinks it's ridiculous. But they look around and everybody else is doing it and no one else seems to be noticing or saying anything about it. So they think they're the only ones, right? Like I'm sure you probably had that feeling. It's like everyone else seems to be having no problem with this. This must be the right thing. This must be the right thing and it must be me. Like I'm the one that has the problem, right? It's not like, you know, these fucking pedals are insane and stupid. Does anybody else feel this way? Because if you say that... Everyone's like, no, 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 man, you're an idiot. You just got to get used to him. You just haven't fallen enough. You know, like you just haven't fucking gotten good enough about taking your foot out. And it's just, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's a, it is a wild, wild psychology that uh, goes on there. But part of it, because there's nothing really that I can think of that you can point to in like the jujitsu world and say like, this is like clipless puddles because there's science that says that it's bullshit There's real world examples that says that it's bullshit. There's movement principles that says that it's bullshit. And yet it continues to exist because there's never a time when it comes up against like the map. Like we talk about this, man. Like you can tell me your theory on how this move is gonna work all day long. But when we're gonna slap hands at some point, and you're gonna slap hands with other people at some point, and we're gonna be able to test and see. Does this work? And if it doesn't, you know, making it, but it's like, it, it, it's clear. There's no, there's no debate. And it's so fuzzy with, uh, there's no true, just like test, test, just, you know, that, that is, uh, intellectually unforgiving that, um, that you can use to really point to and say, look, man, this is bullshit. And this is what's really going on. And so you just live in this world where people feel they want this to be true so badly. They've emotionally invested in it so badly. Dude, I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of like with kettlebells, right? Like, because so say you're an RKC guy, right? And so or are even a strong first. Like, those certifications aren't cheap.
1: Are they still going on? Do we still give those? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, you're talking like, what, like two... Grand plus plus yeah. twenty five hundred dollars. I went through a kettlebell cert
1: back in two thousand. Oh no, take that. Sorry, two thousand seven, two thousand six. Right before I moved out here, yeah, and I just dropped fifteen hundred bucks, man. Yeah, I think the American Kettlebell Club. It was more like a sport term, yep. kettlebell thing. But anyways. Anyways, yeah.
0: yeah. So so they're not cheap, right? No. And so you know, let's say two grand, and then you have to get recertified yep. every couple years. Yep. And so even if they cut you a deal, so you know you get like. You, you know five six seven years in the training with kettlebells and, and you've gotten your RKC certification and you've kept it man you've dropped like five six plus thousand dollars on being an RKC kettlebell guy like you are emotionally and financially financially invested so hard in being a kettlebell guy that it's almost impossible to get you to not be most people it's almost impossible for to get most people to not be to back off of that stance and go oh wait a minute i may have done something wrong here and like it made me realize like i joke about it like i have no current certifications my job is to be the the um smartest least qualified guy in the room (laughs) that's my goal and so, like I, I never, you know, finished college, so I don't have a degree. I I got no current certifications that I can point to. And I never chased those certifications, I never chased that stuff. And I realized it was such a blessing because it made me I could be flexible. I wasn't financially invested in being X. And so when something new comes along, it's easy for me to be like,
1: oh, Hey, it might be better. Let's try it out. I'll
0: go try that out. Because yeah. I, mean, I haven't spent $10,000 being a kettlebell guy. Mm-hmm. And now I have to like go back on all of that. Because so, so
1: you, you feel like you wasted your time, your like money. money. So yep. you're like, nope, I'm just going
0: to yes. plant my slag in the sand here. It's here. Defend it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Same thing with the jiu-jitsu world, man. You get fucking like, you know, you get invested in one system too much. And it can come back to haunt you because you, you become inflexible at a certain point because supporting figure, the yeah. system becomes part of what you're about and uh,
1: not actually the best technique or the right. best principles to yeah, apply yeah. to that situation. Yeah. Speaking of that and kind of the like workout stuff, I've been kind of nerding out on is you know stick mobility type stuff.
0: Okay. I want to get one of those things, man.
1: Dude, I. There's something there, man, that I really think it's underutilized. I mean, even just a broomstick. Yeah. You can just use, you know, a broomstick. But, you know, the stick mobility for people. When I say stick mobility, I'm not actually referencing, like, those big orange sticks. Yeah. But I do use them. Right. You know, it's, I like
0: the orange stick. There's something to that orange stick. You can do some things with that you can't do with a, yeah. with a, with, like, a PVC pipe or yep. wooden Be, or Because of the flex broomstick. to it, Yeah.
1: it really, you know, it's... Like getting into some some certain positions and like using like end range isometrics with that stick, really applying some force to it in an extended position or flex position, dude. I've been like I said, just this past couple of weeks, I've been nerding out on watching more videos yeah. and trying different you know different things because you know it's when it comes to like your mobility or strength training, basically you're trying to because when you do a sport, there's repetitive things you do constantly. So when you're working on your mobility shit, you should be kind of trying to counter, aid yourself, but also fix the damage you're doing in your sport. Yeah. sport sports yeah. the damage. Yep. Yeah. So, man, dude, I, that's, there's something to those sticks, dude. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta learn more. And, yeah. yeah. I want to. I'm trying to educate myself more on Just basically, what I mean by that is just using them. You know, trial and error, trying yeah. stuff. You know, putting together a little like, a flow or mobility routine with it. Yeah. And then I really gotta, like, try teaching it to somebody and seeing what they think about it. Right, yeah. But I've been just nerding out on them lately, man. Like, I think there's something there. It's kind of a tap, dude.
0: I think so, too. It's, uh... I use it a lot, actually. I mean, I, I say a lot. I've been using the band mobility, like, a ton. But I do the stick mobility as well. And, um... Yeah, there's... There's definitely something there. Like, connecting... The left and the right side of the body because that you know the the tension you're creating through the stick kind of connects them yep. and then you're getting this like a lot of times you're getting a, a push pull action because of that that you're not able to get without that connection and that that push pull like you're saying like you know you're, you're really isometrically creating tension with one side and that actually allows you to get deeper into the stretch on the other side um yeah that's a huge like stability is a huge factor in mobility and uh so yeah that's i i I agree man i i like those things i've been using them i went to that when i went to the uh the perform better thing in long beach um last year yeah they were there the stick mobility guys were there and they were doing a few things that i i was like okay there's something there so yeah i've been playing around with that using it on a pretty Regular basis,
1: but see, I have the one I got one six foot, you know, the big orange stick, yeah. And I actually, like I said, it's just been maybe three weeks now that I've been nerding out on it more, just really been watching more videos and experimenting with myself. Yeah. And I actually bought another six footer and a four footer, okay. So I got I'll have three sticks at home. I can, you know, i bring one out to borrow it if you want or something, yeah, 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 dude. That's there's something there, man, yeah, like, there's something there. I want to get good enough with them and feel comfortable enough to where I can explain it and feel the benefits of it. And that way I can take some guinea pigs like a grumpy yeah. guy class. Yeah,
0: man, I will, I will tell you, um, from experience that, uh, um, God, I don't know how to put this. You're, you have a very high level of, of uh, body awareness and your movement vocabulary is really good. And so you're an outlier that way. And you don't think it will be, but dude, that's the stick. Because you're basically asking people to do opposites. It's almost like pat your head and rub your stomach. Mm -hmm. Okay, I need you to, and and it's to get them to have to connect both sides through that stick is not as easy as you think. like Because you have done so much prerequisite shit up to this point like literally decades of it before you're starting to nerd out on this that I, I i i made this mistake i tried to use the stick mobility with some people and found out really quickly that um god it taxes their brain and movement capabilities so that it becomes something else really yes
1: if you so you find I mean, because you're a good coach and you find it hard to coach somebody with that it's yeah like- if there's so, some of
0: the upper body movements right like some of the lower body stuff where you're just kind of you know leaning into it and stretching but so so some of the like static position stuff mm-hmm. that you're using the stick to get a little deeper into yeah you that that's you know not super tough, but man, you start getting people to try to like swing in their arms and doing the things and stuff like that and and you'd uh um you'd be surprised, so yeah I don't you know i would uh it 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 made me rethink like buying a bunch of sticks to throw in the grumpy guy class
1: well yeah that's way down the road that's a long goal like, I, right. I gotta do I gotta do a lot of experimenting and that was I could like, be wrong
0: like I said I, I just tried it with a couple people but
1: yeah I mean that was kind of you know like the pie in the sky kind of thought yeah. behind it yeah. but even yeah, if I get good enough and comfortable enough with it slowly just like okay hey man just start slowly finding somebody somewhat physically capable and start with yeah. them start with them and show them like hey I've been playing with this shit. You try
0: it. You start a training business? Is that what you're saying? Well, so look I, at this shit. I hadn't really thought that. Look bro. at this <laughs> shit. See? I don't know, man, but that, I dude, mean, that,
1: like shit. I said, that stick, dude. I look, yeah. And then being able to create tension in the end range position is so good. Yeah. Because just getting your body in that position doesn't mean you own it.
0: Right. Yeah. And being able to, being create to create tension there. to create
1: tension and have control in that position. Yeah. Dude, it feels amazing, man. I was just, I was doing a bunch of shit with it, It was, yeah, it was yesterday, no, yesterday was Saturday, it was Friday, because I was a little beat up from my workouts all week, I was like, alright, I don't really need to fucking lift any more weights this week, (laughs) (laughs) I went out, I started lifting, I started doing some other shit, and I was like, I just fucking put the barbell away, I was like, alright, let's just do mobility shit today, I'm a little beat up, and I spent like, about an hour just fucking around with that thing, just finding a little video, and it just kind of snowballed this, dude, I got a hell of a workout, I was sweating my ass off, just... Yes, it's, it's good. Yeah, It's really good. Well, see,
0: because that it's it's it brings up something I was thinking about. Because so you get in those extreme end ranges of motion, and you know, one, it's about creating tension, but it's also about being able to relax yep. in those positions. And so, and you can feel like literally your nervous system will switch, like your 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 sympathetic nervous system will fucking switch on hard when you get into a uh, in range of motion that you're not familiar with and not comfortable with and so you're literally that's like when you start sweating and it's it's literally your nervous system is switched over to this flight or flight response because into your brain like this position is a dangerous position to be in and so it's trying to protect you and get you the fuck out of there and so you literally have to switch that's where the breathing comes in yep. Because, you know, like, uh, what was it Laird um, was talking on Joe Rogan, talking about, like, you know, a seven second inhale forces the body to trigger the the parasympathetic nervous system and take you out of that fight or flight and into the, the rest and relax mode. And so, like, forcing yourself to slow your breathing down and get those five, six, seven second inhales and exhales, it, 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 Teaches the brain, it tells the brain to turn the knob to a different setting while you're in this position, and then now, now that you're there, the ability for you to create, because like at first you're not creating tension, you're creating stiffness. It's tension, but it's not stability. You're creating stiffness, and and stability is your is 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 tension that you can turn on and off as needed. And so what you got to do is get rid of the stiffness through being able to breathe there. And then you want to work on your stability by that isometric contraction that's your ability to control the tension rather than have that inauthentic stiffness and so yeah it was it's funny on when we're doing grumpy guy class i was thinking about that i was like i'd get my in range of motion or or something and i could feel my you you can just feel your chest gets tight and your breathing gets tight and, and i was like dude my nervous system's in the wrong state right now like this is nervous system training right now like before i can even start to gain mobility or do shit i have to do something to get my brain to get out of fight or flight uh mode because i'm never going to fucking accomplish shit this way so anyways yeah but it's I, I, the using the sticks to to, to help facilitate some yeah. of that shit
1: it's i think a good example i don't this is a good example for everybody else but it is for the conversations we have is it's I find it's a really good feedback tool, just like doing deadlifts with the bands on your hip. Yeah. To check in your hinge. Like, okay, that is the end range of my hinge. For me to go lower, I'm starting to do other shit besides hinge. That's yeah, That's been the biggest benefit with that band around the way. So just a cue, just a tactile cue, like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Like, I physically can't hinge any further than that. And just for me to hear the noise of the plates sitting the ground or, you know, getting in my mind what is low enough in this hinge. My back's having to move here. Yeah, and using that band has just been so huge. Dad. And that the sticks—that's—that's that's kind of what I was discovering the other day when I was fucking around with it. Like, because they would, like you said, they. When I'm trying a new position, at first it is just stiffness because my body's like, "What is this? What are you asking me to do? How am I creating tension here?" So then I'd come back out of it and be like, "Okay." So then and try to get and eventually you get to the point like, "Oh, there it is." You kind of find a sweet spot like, "Oh, I can get there." I'm not in danger, I can relax, and, then, and once you get to that point, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of when I came, I think, I'm pretty sure that was Thursday, and then, or Friday, and, uh, and I was like, that's it, I was like, I gotta get because I only have the one six footer, and that's I went and I jumped on the website, and I bought the another six, because there's quite a few different moves you can do with two sticks, and be helpful yeah. and a shorter one, so it was like, fuck it. I bought yeah. a six footer, I bought a four footer. like, hey. Yeah, I got
0: to dig into their library more. i got a very rudimentary routine. Super rudimentary. I mean, it's good. It hits all the like, what I need. But uh, yeah, I haven't like really dug in and just seen like, oh, wow, that's, you know. I never would have thought of that because I don't sit around with uh, two sticks fucking right. thinking about this shit all day long. You know, like that's what those people do. So I know that they've come up with things that, uh, um, yeah, yeah cool man I'm glad you brought that up because that gives me something to dig into I can't let you get better than me well
1: that's good because I mean you're so analytical <laughs> and shit. you've helped me be a better learner when it comes to fight, like jiu-jitsu and everything because of the way your brain thinks yeah because you're way more analytical than I am and I thought I thought about that I man. I sent you that picture of white belt Rob the other day yes and, did, you, <laughs> what, I, did you notice in that one the one picture where I'm standing over my hand raised um, I don't know if you noticed but the dude I beat he was like a purple belt or brown belt if you look at, yeah. the, look at that picture I can't I don't remember but it was very common back in those days when I first started Jiu Jitsu you go to some of these tournaments that there would be quite a few yeah quite a few I had not, definitely not the size of nowadays there would be quite a few white belts some blue belts but once you get to like purple and above there would be like nobody for these guys to compete against and so sometimes they'd ask you like hey you want to do some matches against some of these higher belts there was many times like I'm oh, fucking I'd just get mollywocked but I was a pretty angry dude and I was, I knew enough. <laughs> <to> <laughs> I really pissed off some fucking like purple belts, brown belts and black belts back then. Yeah, that's funny. And I think that picture I sent you. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember if that dude was purple or brown, but he was not happy with me because I was playing rough. Like, Hey, we're in a fucking sport, you know? It's a tournament, baby. Yeah. But, and so that, anyways, that kind of got me thinking. Like, you know, cause I wasn't, I never was super analytical. I was just, it was my anger based jujitsu yeah i I never pro i I mean i I knew i had to learn and technique was important but not to the level to where you break down shit yeah you always have to know the why even if something works even if you can do a technique and get it to work like for me like if i do a technique and it works i almost if i don't catch myself i'll just stop thinking about it i'll just take it on face value fuck it it works let's go with it you will sit down and be like, okay, why'd that work? Did that work? Because he just fucked up or did I have my foot here? Why, oh, I put my foot here, but then what, well, for what purpose? What was that? You know, so you fucking go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh
0: so I find that helps me recognize the position from other positions. You know, like that that's a lot of why I do that because it's like, if I understand like the why behind this technique, you know, if I find myself in something similar and it's like,
1: the same why applies. It's just
0: kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I find myself in the same why. Then I can apply that technique. And so, uh, yeah, that's it, it, It's really a lot of it. Is It's the same thing with like, uh, you know, if I see a workout program. It's like, man, I don't care about the sets and reps and exercise. I want to know why. What is your thought process here? Because I may find myself thinking about somebody's program down the road and all of a sudden... Oh, okay, that this thought process that I'm going through now is similar to that one that that you talked about when you were doing this program and so now I'm able to like jump into that thought process and see if there's something there. So that's the that's why I like to get analytical with it because
1: I don't think that's I'm gonna argue with you, I don't think that's a you you do like it, but that's just you and you can't help it. No 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 for (laughs) sure, for sure. There is no like No 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 There is no that, that is me. That is you. There's no like conscious effort to do it. It just it's gonna happen, dude. I've, I've, like when you're dude, you watch your. I'm sure you watch like watch your daughter spread spread butter on toast. I can see you just thinking, why is she spreading it that way? She should be holding the knife that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can see you just doing it all the fucking time. You have to That's turn it off
0: sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I'm always like thinking, is there a better way to do that? What's the most efficient way to do that? So. No, nah, it's uh, it's a blessing and a curse. It is, man. It is. I mean, I did that when I've got into bodybuilding. I think i told you this before, like while well, you were allegedly sitting in the back of the math class tripping out. I was like trying to figure out different body part splits and crazy <laughs> shit, man. I like again, like again I look back and it's like that it was not normal. I just I thought it was normal. Like, oh you get into something, you get into it. Like, you wanna fucking know how to do it right and uh yeah 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 it, but yeah just that um desire to know why it's
1: i bet you were an annoying little kid i probably was i bet you drove a lot of adults crazy
0: yeah i could see that probably i don't remember being too annoying <laughs> of
1: course you didn't <laughs>
0: I thought I was pretty funny.
1: (laughs) I thought I was smart. I thought these fucking adults are so stupid. (laughs) No. Well, you know, by the time I hit my
0: teenage years, yeah, I annoyed the piss out of a lot of adults. For sure. For sure. Oh, God. I used to drive teachers mad. Just, yeah, with the why and just, oh, I just, whatever their position was, I had to take the opposite. Had to fucking argue. Not surprised in the least. They're like, "Yes, man." Every paper was like, "All right, what can I? What is the fucking?" And you're not all the time. Sometimes I just get it done, but yeah, a lot of times I just be in a mood, and be like, "All right, what can I say that's gonna piss them off?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not even believe it. <laughs> I just want to fucking see if I can argue it. Yeah, get feathers ruffled. Exactly.
1: That does not surprise me at all. Exactly,
0: but yeah.
1: Anyway, so that's why that's part of <laughs> part of why. I, I bring up the stick mobility stuff because i know you'll nerd out on it possibly
0: if you see me doing it i'm gonna make a note about it right now so i know what to and do i'm sure
1: you'll have some good insight
0: it's all my stuff to get done and list. You, you
1: can help course correct me when i get a little off in the weeds <laughs>
0: <laughs> S- suck mobility no that's not it Stick mobility. Stick mobility. Suck Mobility is something different.
1: <laughs> it might be a different website. <laughs> might be.
0: Make sure I get that one right. It's like Hotmail.com. You know, you got to make sure you, you spell mail the right way. <laughs> That'd be
1: a good test for people. Is you take their phone and just type in Hotmail, M-A, and see what
0: auto-populates. Man, if they ain't figured out how to keep shit from popping up in their thing by now, then they deserve whatever they get.
1: Do people still have Hotmail accounts? Is it still a thing. Oh yeah! Every once
0: in a while, I see someone email me from a Hotmail. Dude, every once in a while, you see a fucking AOL. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They're still like, it's still a thing. I don't know that AOL is actually a thing, but those email addresses are still, still work huh? around. Yeah. Yup. I know. Did every time I see that, I'm like, dude, 1998 called. They want their fucking email address back. Like, that was my first Hotmail. Was my first thing, was, man. Yeah, that was my first one. Yeah, I don't even know. Is it jdub152 at, hot, at hotmail.com? <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> dude. Hell yeah, I remember it. You should log in, in and see what, kind of, of, the see what shit. kind of message you got I think here. I have, man. I think it's like, yeah, I don't. it was a while ago. I don't get that bored, fortunately. Sometimes I do. But then I just sit around <laughs> and I go, it's good to be bored.
1: Uh, yeah, my days are bored and I'm drawing to a close. I still can't be really ready to go back to work tomorrow, man. I gotta fucking go home and like do shit like I used to do, like pack lunches and food prep and all that kind of working man
0: nonsense. Yeah? That I haven't had to do for four months. Wow. That's right, dude. You're gonna start your stick mobility, get your first client. Client zero. Client zero. That's right.
1: You know, I, dude, I had a, uh, when I was drinking the kettlebell Kool Aid quite a bit back in the day, when I first moved here. I had a handful of people I was training out of my garage and I didn't really have a garage gym. I just had a bunch of kettlebells and we just worked out on the patio or on the driveway. And, it's, and when I was going, through, when I found those old pictures of White Belt Rob, I was going through a bunch of shit, getting rid of stuff the other day. And uh, I found some old notebooks from some of the clients I trained. Yeah. I had all the workouts written down and shit. It was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you got a decent uh, setup in your garage. And, and
1: my garage is pretty sweet now. I'm pretty still
0: yeah. to my I actually got now. two uh, mats at the facility at the oh like the, black, the big black mats yeah they're just sitting in the storeroom if you want oh, yeah, to use them, them. I could use a couple more so but yeah I mean that's you got dude you know a lot more about training than most people and like to, to me like that's definitely one of your intersections that's one of the 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 skills that you have and you know intersecting that with some other things is, is you know personally where i think your your exit strategy would be because uh you know people respond to you they like to come up and talk to you i'm delightful you're, you're the delightful asshole and uh yeah so hmm. anyways yeah i know
1: i get all those weird fucking people coming up and talking to me all the time yeah I still don't know why imagine if
0: doing... you could charge money to talk to you yeah that's yeah. all being a trainer dude half of being a trainer is just like people want someone to talk to <laughs> so anyways
1: just make them sweat a little bit while you're talking yeah to yeah you. yeah that's yeah, it that's man you're stuff asking stuff.
0: them about their weekend while you're fucking working them out so that's half of it they just like to have someone to talk to women like to have a sexy dude to hang out with he pays attention to them I don't know I feel like, that role buddy shit are you kidding me man <laughs> dude I'm, I'm serious i was like when i was a trainer i remember there was an article uh that came out one of my clients um it was a little uncomfortable when she brought it and pointed it out i was like what are you saying here and uh but it was basically an article saying that they had surveyed a, you know, a bunch of women it's probably in, like new york or la area but that, yeah like the majority of them one of the perks was you know having a good looking dude pay attention to him because back at home they got some frumpy fat fuck who works all the time and doesn't pay any attention to him. And uh, so, anyways, people just want to feel special. Anyways, I'll save us save with us. Uh, Did you see the Ben Askren got knocked up? I did. Fuck out. Did you I see it? it? It's the flying knee. Yeah. 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 Did you see it? Yeah. I, yeah. I what, what didn't watch it live, but I actually went on old Twitter. I ain't been on Twitter in forever. That was the only spot I could find. The I found it on YouTube this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night, I was trying to find it, and everything was just like the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, I found it on Twitter. But Yeah, dude, that was fucking nasty.
1: Dude, Masvidal is a tough son of a bitch. He's been in the game a long (laughs) time, man. And I knew that was going to be a good fight. Uh, it obviously wasn't a good fight. It ended so fast. I would have liked to see it actually be a fight. I mean, it was cool. It's a cool way it finished, man. I had, yeah, that definitely fucking. Happens.
0: Man, I gotta tell you, the, I mean, you saw it. I mean, what was,
1: dude? I, what was that
0: fucking shot, man?
1: I I think it was just reflex because bell rang and you see they both kind of took a couple steps out and then all just ran at him. Yeah, and he really just sprinted. And, yeah, and flew that knee and I, Astrid didn't even have time to. Dude, he bent over. He bent over. He didn't even have...
0: Fucking half-ass fucking... He was going for like some half-ass shot. I I, I don't don't know what he was doing.
1: I don't even... It wasn't... He wasn't initiating the action. It was just instinct. Like, somebody was flying... You had a dude across the cage, sprinting at you, and then jumping and flying a knee. It was just... He didn't even process. I know. His body just reacted, and he got caught.
0: And I like... If there was... It looked... Dude, I was... Again, I'm talking about someone who's a professional, I understand this is uh, armchair quarterbacking at its finest here, but I'm like, okay if I got someone running at me probably the last thing that I want to do is bend over and put my arms out to the side I mean, that's pretty much what he did I I know exactly what you're saying and I don't disagree with you, but
1: there wasn't even, the way you just explained it, that process never went through his head it was strictly just a reaction I guarantee if he wasn't a
0: wrestler, that wouldn't have been his reaction
1: yep, you're right because if know, he was a striker, here, that, would have, been his that would have been his reaction. Yep.
0: So that, that's why I'm saying like okay. his, his reaction was a shot
1: Dude, and it just, and, and it was, and it, it was right kind of it.
0: a, it was a kind of a fucking half ass like reactionary shot. That's right. why I looked half ass. It was like, but it's still, it was like, that's your reaction is a half ass shot when this motherfucker comes flying at you from across the cage. Like that, that's not like top. Tier UFC champion cage fighter. I I, I think it was just such a surprise. It
1: caught him so off guard. I know, man.
0: That it was just. How many people come flying in with a flying knee? Very. To start the no no to start a fight off. How many people come running in with a flying knee?
1: Very few. You know, John Jones did it when he like when he. Dude, you see that shit
0: all the time on the undercards and stuff. But it's it's not not like uncommon. It's not. It's not completely uncommon. It's not like holy shit! What the fuck? First time in fucking UFC history we've seen this move, folks. What on? Where did he come up with this crazy idea?
1: Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying there, yeah. Right? It's not like it hasn't happened. It's not like it
0: hasn't happened. And how many people have been knocked out in five seconds because of it? Well, one. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and so, I mean, I'm just saying, dude. Like, there is... So, it makes me wonder, like, what it... I don't know, man. I think it exposed Askren. He got fucking lit up by Robbie Lawler. In that first five in seconds. That
1: first
0: five seconds. Yeah, bomb on his Yes, head. he like he his stand up and his stand-up, his reactions to stand up uh, attacks don't fucking uh, seem like they're on the level they need to be to be saying, banging they're with they're dudes not, in the UFC, not man. Yet, no, right. like Bellator and one FC were one thing. I I don't know if that's what we're seeing is like he really ain't as good as. We thought it was just the competition that he was going up against just was not uh, at the same level. But I, mean, I feel like his last two fights have exposed him a little bit. Like
1: I, I, I can see that. Because yeah, once he gets a hold of you, you're yeah. almost fucked. Yeah. But he, he's been so reliant on that for so many years of his life. The other the other stuff, the other parts of the game, the distance management, the, the stand-up, it just, it's not second nature yes. yet.
0: If you're going in there against someone who's got really good striking, man, you need to be able to react like a striker, and that, like so, and then dude, that's, that's just was crazy, dude. Dude, it was crazy. It I was yeah knockout in
1: UFC history. But I'm pretty sure prior to that, it was Dwayne Ludwig. Yeah, like in like seven seconds. Yeah. And what? Oh, that's because Conor McGregor knocking out Jose Jose Aldo. That was like 13 seconds or something.
0: Yeah, they had a little kind of yeah. back and forth, first and first then second, yeah. Right. And then popped like five him. five seconds. Dude, that's so Jesus, crazy. Jesus, dude. Dude, he was out. Do you know how was. stiff
1: he was? Dude, He, he was like curled up like, and yeah. like a like a plank position kind of you yeah. know, like a toe touch position. His one leg was like he was knocked the fuck out. Dude, Masvidal
0: sprinted so fast uh-huh. at him. Like it was just like a fucking shot. Yeah. Like so too, again, man, I I know exactly what you're saying. Like he didn't have time to think, reaction, but Again, everything I just said, but that guy came flying at him so fucking hard. Throws his knee and the guy bends over, yeah, not even fucking opens his arms up. It was like, yeah, you he, he couldn't have scripted it any better. If you tell somebody, "Hey, you know, what do you want him to do to make sure that you knock him out with this first move?" It be bend like, over, bend over right. and take his hands out of the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs>
1: It sucks. I wanted to see more of a scrap, but it is cool. I mean, I did. Yeah. It happens, man. It's a fight.
0: What sucks to me is I was hoping that we were going to get, like, that Ben really was the Khabib, like, the guy that we wanted to see against Khabib. So I don't see that. Like, just Khabib stand ups fucking legit. And, I mean, he fucking knocked Connor, like, rung his bell. And so it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know man he's, he's got a ways to go you know what I mean like he's got to climb up that ladder to even get there
1: yeah I think that's what the past two fights have shown us is that maybe it just he wasn't fighting, fighting the highest caliber of guys
0: yeah that, that ascent up the ladder isn't going to be quite as quick as we uh, had thought you know a that's few awesome. few warm up, man I mean tell me when they traded you think Dana's having any regrets about trading him for fucking Mighty Mouse yep uh, you know and but uh but you, you can't tell me when, when that trade was made. Everyone knew that why that trade was made, and that you were going to get a couple of warm-up fights. But that him getting a title shot was in his future uh, pretty soon. And yes, we're going to give him a couple warm-up fights because it's not fair to just bring him in and give him one right off the bat. But I mean, that was. I agree. Yeah. yeah in, in these last two fights have definitely thrown a monkey wrench in that whole uh, Still so crazy. scene.
1: I don't like saying Miles Rudolph is a tough son of a bitch, man. Yeah. It was cool to see.
0: So, you know, Dude, all those dudes are. That's what makes UFC, like MMA, so. Like, you know, man, when you see, you know, uh, I mean, I guess like Deontay Wilder's probably the closest thing to that. Like, you never quite know exactly what's going to happen uh, power, but. Yeah, man, like boxing, you know what you're going to get. Like, no one's going to come with some, yeah, flying knee in five seconds or whatever.
1: Just bell rings and here I come, motherfucker.
0: Oh, dude, yeah. So, that was pretty good. I didn't see the other, uh... I checked the the
1: results, dude. I haven't seen any fights yet. I checked the results. John Jones won, I think, with the distance, man. Okay. If I remember reading right. Um, Nunes won.
0: Yeah, I... Read she got a I didn't see it but I, I like head kicked her or something.
1: I, I like say I haven't seen
0: it. But, yeah. It wasn't worth spending sixty bucks
1: on. No. And
0: we had a birthday dinner last night anyway. That's right. That's right. We had Kiele's pre birthday birthday dinner. She got some sweet chopsticks from you. That was a pretty sweet chopstick. seems fucking badass, <laughs> man.
1: The you know, datusaro chopsticks.
0: Yeah, they like how they, uh, I mean, how would you describe them? They got the little, like, like travel two, chopsticks? Yeah, they're like two parts, so you unscrew them. The, the little part, the yeah. bottom
1: little part fits inside of the big part. Yeah, like yeah,
0: there. yeah. The top part's hollow, so you yeah. can unscrew the bottom half and fit it in. And yeah, that's sweet. And for, uh, you know, even though it is racially assumptive of <laughs> you to assume that a half Japanese girl uh, would like chopsticks. But um, she loves them.
1: It's great. I felt pretty safe making that assumption. Yes. I didn't see it being misconstrued as being uh, <laughs> race no. assumptive. No. It's a it was a safe assumption.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, man. She liked it. Those are awesome.
1: I've seen her. I've seen her eating the kimchi that I made with chopsticks. So. Yeah. I was like, oh, That's gonna be
0: the place. She's gonna be using your chopsticks that you bought her to eat the kimchi that you made her. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man. It's nice.
1: I got another big ass batch of kimchi going. It's good for you, brother. <laughs> good for you. As long no, as you keep be, it outside. I know you'd be pumped for me to bring a jar over.
0: Keep it outside. Um, Did you see the Keenan starting his own gym? Have we talked about see,
1: this? Uh, I, saw, I haven't looked into it. I've seen he was starting his own team. Is he yeah. seen he start, he's opening up a gym. I, yeah, yards? yeah,
0: yeah. From my understanding, basically. What's he called? It, like, legion or something? Something or? like that, yeah. In the San Diego area. I'm like, that's all San Diego needs. Is another fucking world-class jujitsu jitsu uh, studio. You got
1: the bodies to fill it, man. I'm sure he won't have any problem getting students.
0: No, 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 no. I will be very interested, though, to see how his attitude and tune uh, and everything changes, if at all, having to be on the other side of it. And now you own the team, you run the team. And, you know, he made a statement about like, you know, if it, it's going to be kind of like BJJ Globetrotters where it's, if you need to compete, you want to compete and you don't have an IBJJF affiliation, uh, you can just contact him and he'll, uh, put you in under them. So you can, he just has it open for people to compete, uh, under it like that. And that's what BJJ mm-hmm. Globetrotters does, right? For the yeah. most part. Yeah. And so, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, just by the needs to, blah, blah, blah. And, but it's, it's funny. Like, I don't know if you remember the, uh, um, there was some shit with, uh, Tex Johnson recently and that he had, there was some like sexual assault allegations yeah. or something.
1: Yeah. Right after he tapped free opinion. Yeah. He, yeah. he kind of bought it off for a little bit and he even put out a statement that he was going to like rehab. Yeah. Going stuff. to
0: rehab. So yeah. he had some drug rehab and then they had that. And like, so he tried to compete, he was going to compete. Uh, forget where Um, and he was going to do it under the BJJ Globetrotters and reached out to them and they were like no you know like no offense but like we aren't you know you're under investigation for this you know no offense but like we're not really we're not putting our name on it yeah you. we're not going to let you someone who's he's being investigated for sexual assault compete under our banner so he actually went to San Diego I think he got under like the Hiberro Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's who he ended up like competing under, um, over it. But, you know, just situations like that, like it's easy to say that, but what happens first time someone contacts you and it is, it's like, dude, I don't want this person representing me and my brand. And so now you're the guy on the other side having to like make this judgment call and decide like, well, this is okay. And this isn't, or. Or whatever so I think it's it's uh, it's good Keenan's a really smart guy and uh, you know I think that there was definitely some you know some personality issues and stuff that were going on there uh, at Atos but you know I, I will be curious to see if how he his mindset and just what his you know what he has to say about running things on the other side
1: once he tries to run them
0: yeah 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 it's like it's gonna
1: shift his perspective yeah
0: it's like oh wait a minute people don't always pay their bills on time i'm gonna have to come after joe and remind joe to pay his dues dues, and then people are just gonna try to bow out after like six months when they signed up for a year like what do i do with that you know like those are decisions that you have to make like am i really gonna send them to collections am i just gonna let it go like what am i gonna do and uh but yeah, it's a lot easier to just be the athlete showing up and looking around, going like, dude, if I was running this place, this is what I'd be doing. I'd be doing it this way. I'd be doing, doing it that way. way.
1: Yeah, but it's so easy to sit back and say that, but when it's actually your name <laughs> on it and it's affecting your well being yep. and your income. Yeah, yeah. Perspective shifts. And he's
0: gonna have to be now he's gonna have to run a business. You know, and again, he's a suit yeah. like he strikes me as a really smart guy. I just listening to him talk, looking at his, I mean, the success that he's had with his online thing so far. I mean, he's obviously not an idiot. Right. And so, um, yeah, like his, uh, um, him thinking about being a business owner now, that's like the e-myth, right? Like most businesses aren't started by entrepreneurs or started by technicians, people who are good at a job, who start a business to give themselves a job because they think that that's going to be better than working for someone else. It's not the same thing as starting a business. And so, uh, again, it'd be interesting to see, like, does he fall into the trap of the, the e-myth? You know, does he really, like, become an entrepreneur and, and like, run a business? Or is he just, like, a jiu guy who has a gym, who, you know, I mean, we know how there's, there's levels. There's definitely Definitely there. levels to how you run a business. And uh, so... Anyways, I, I don't know why, I just think it would be interesting it. to see, because yeah. he's such a like icon for free spirit jiu-jitsu, <laughs> it's like, alright, now you, you bought yourself a fucking job, buddy, yep. so we'll see how your, uh, if anything your changes, your free
1: spirit mentality changes, yeah,
0: unfortunately it's like that, uh, you know, if you're not a fucking rebel and twenty you've got no heart, but if you haven't turned establishment by thirty, you ain't got no brains. It's yeah. like unfortunately, man, there's just the way the world fucking works and you either figure it out or you rage against the machine. And uh so anyways. Oh, and uh speaking of which I sent uh him keenan and josh some unsolicited advice for their podcast did you <laughs> i did, <laughs> how, did, how,
1: did you, how did you send this to him i couldn't help myself. comments man. on youtube or something or? no
0: I, i've got their i got the hanger bjj gmail email address off okay. of the uh, hangers facebook um thing and so again i don't is, i just it was one of those <laughs> things yeah. every once in a while i got to do things right like I send things out in the universe because you never quite know exactly what may happen. And 99 plus percent of the time, nothing happens. But every once in a while, something weird comes about. Like if I hadn't, you know, reached out and, you know, I can point to all sorts of shit where it's like. Like
1: Hotel Jesus standing up on the bus saying, I'm on the bus, with 50 cents. Exactly. Sometimes (laughs) it
0: makes no sense but you got an instinct that tells you to do it, you fucking do it and just see what happens, man. I don't know. But I it just I saw him, them uh with the Matt Burn podcast making the same mistake that everyone fucking makes and they're not building their email list. And they're just focusing on building Facebook and YouTube and Instagram likes and follows and subscribes and they have no email list. And so I was just saying, "Hey man, just friendly advice from someone who's done this for a little bit that uh like you don't own those fucking platforms man like they own those platforms so like you can't you can't communicate directly with the people who are following you because algorithms decide whether they're gonna see it and you could be deplatformed at any time for some fucking reason you know you offend someone or something so you don't own those platforms. So it's like that Hotep Jesus was saying, man, you got to build your own platform. You got to own your platform if you want to do this the right way. And that's an email list. So I just said, man, something simple like podcast updates and the top five Hinger team mistakes and how to fix them would get you going, brother. So it's like I'm not selling nothing. I'm just a fan of your work. I told him you might remember me as your ookie for the second half of the Salt Lake seminar. And uh, so yeah, have you the back yet? Nothing. No, I don't expect to, but you never
1: know. Or you got blocked. Maybe he'll just block you from all this shit. I know. I'm spam. I titled it. I titled
0: the email, uh, some unsolicited advice for your podcast. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> I was like, if
1: somebody sent me something like that, I would I would open it for sure. And be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta see what this guy is saying. What's this fucking joker saying?
0: <laughs> but the thing is, is I don't know. Uh, God, dude, I, I could have tried to send it through like a message, but um like dming him uh through instagram yeah and especially for something like that like you know because it's a few paragraphs that i'm trying to communicate to him it's like a real thought that has some layers and depth it's not like hey bro love your shit. i can help you yeah
1: here's my program here's my program
0: check out yeah and it's
1: it's only 49 so just some
0: unsolicited advice to the <laughs> That's
1: hilarious. I have yet to listen to their podcast oh really
0: uh, yeah, they found I have seen
1: little clips of it but
0: yeah they got it on uh, some other I haven't been able to find it but they say they're on like Podbean and some of these other because at uh, first it was just on YouTube just on right? YouTube so yeah I'm trying to figure out how to download it I'd like to listen to it
1: yeah you can't unless you have a YouTube premium membership you can't download
0: stuff no, yeah, and you and you can't close the phone like you yeah, have to you, keep your screen up, keep it up to yeah. play. So it's not like listen to a podcast in your car, right. I and mean, you can, but it's just not quite the same. So we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, I figured given the success of this podcast that I would <laughs> offer some. Yeah, that we we're, we're so successful, advice to you know Josh right. and and Keenan because they might need some help building their audience, you know. I don't know if anybody's heard of these guys. They're pretty good. So
1: uh, it reminds me. I'll never forget. I don't know if you remember this guy. His name is Jens Pulver. Oh yeah, little evil, little evil, right? Yep. You know, one of the early days, you you know, MMA guys, and he was from the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> I'll never forget. We were, I was at a, I think it was a Naga tournament. Me and a group of my buddies, and we we're all white belts, blue belts at the time. And Jens had a, a super fight match at some point during the tournament. I can't remember who he was going against. And so we're all sitting around the Matt wa- mat watching. And uh, I think, if I remember right, Jens had his opponent and tr- was trying to finish a triangle. And my buddy, who is a white belt like me, is yelling out advice to Jens pull on this side of the mat on how to finish the triangle. And we're all like... You know, six months year, year and a half into jujitsu at best, and he's he was coaching Jens from the sidelines. That was definitely some unsolicited advice. That is pretty funny. <laughs> he was yelling it. Uh, Finish and, the <laughs> triangle. <laughs> yeah, you got uh, yeah. And I remember me and me and a couple of other guys looked at him like, "What in the fuck are you doing? Just shut up! Shut You're up! You're making man. us look bad." <laughs> That's funny, man. Dude,
0: yeah, I remember him from one of the first few seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. Him and BJ Penn, our oh, yeah. coaches. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. They fucking, that was funny, man. Like, the show, I, I, if they were just playing it up, man, they looked like they were, like, BJ did not like Jens. And Jens knew how to get under BJ's skin.
1: I just forgot all about that.
0: And, yeah, dude, he got BJ pretty fucking pissed off a few times. I remember, I think he beat him in, like, like the bowling. Because, you remember, they, they would have, like, if they, they'd have the, the coaches challenge. Yeah. It's like you know, hundred grand or whatever cash to the coach that wins the for the whole team or whatever it was, and and uh, that wins like bowling or table tennis or some shit like that. And I remember whatever the challenge was, Jens was beating him, and he was almost like you could tell he was almost feeling like bad about how fucking bad BJ was feeling about it, because dude, BJ is a super competitive motherfucker, like you know, coming from Hawaii and just that area, and he's like. You, Did know. you see,
1: just recently, he got into a fight with some bouncer yeah, outside
0: of a strip club. Dude, I know that's the unfortunate thing, dude. Is, man, come on, man. Well, What's so, going on here? dude, living in Hawaii though is like cause that's where he's at, right? That's right. where it was. Yeah. Dude, it's like that's probably the worst spot for him to be. I mean, that was that was his that was kind of his downfall on some level. Because you remember, like when he was training with the Marinoviches, and he was that was the best he ever. That looked. was the best he ever looked, man. And then he, he went back home. And he started training back home, and it's like back home is comfortable. Back home, you've got people around you who accommodate your stuff, and and uh, so man, unfortunately, that's I I just I see that. Like when I see BJ, I'm like, man, that is you know as good as he was, and as good as he still is, and as much respect as he deserves. Like he's kind of a fucking cautionary tale at this point. Like he went from being like one of the greatest, the prodigy. Like one of the, you know, youngest BJJ black belts and like world champion, at fucking super young age and UFC champion and all this shit to like setting the record for the most losses in a row in the UFC and you know getting caught on film fighting bouncers at a strip, strip club. club. It's like, dude, how that is? That's a long way to fall. Like yeah. that doesn't happen just by chance like there's decisions made along the several way bad decisions several bad heard. decisions along the way that have added up to this so but uh yeah sometimes the people you're hanging out with man they may have the best intentions for you but not the best people to be hanging out with yeah yeah road to hell is paved with bad intentions <laughs> is yeah that, is it good intentions
1: good intentions nah, nah, that's right
0: it no it is you're right Turns out exactly. to be bad, but unknowingly. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's right, man. That's right. The fuck else do I got here? I got I got two bro science things that you're gonna find so interesting. You in super prepared. A little bit, you. Well, we didn't even
1: come up with a topic. I
0: the came up with five. a topic for us. We're gonna talk about why CrossFit cardio sucks. So. Okay, why well, does it suck? Well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. that's our topic.
1: Oh, we can't get into our topic till at least like an hour and a half in. We're almost there. Are we? Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. This will get us there. Over <laughs> the hump. So, one study I, I found looked at low back pain among BJJ practitioners. Uh-huh. So, uh, 72 athletes, the average age was 26.7, basically 27 years old. Yeah. Okay, 72 athletes, um, 36 being recreational and 36 being professional. Chronic low back pain was present in 80.6% of the athletes.
1: Dude, I bet you. You just take the general population, the low back pain is like 80%. Yeah. If you just go walk around and ask 100 people, I bet you it of, is. I bet you 80 of them are going to be yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, my low back hurts almost daily."
0: That's definitely reflective of yeah. of population norms. What well, they did find that uh it was almost 89% in the professional uh jiu-jitsu athletes and like 72% in the recreational, so there was a, a, a definitely a difference there's like a difference the there. yeah the professionals definitely had a higher rate um, of that but it uh, yeah that was their conclusion the prevalence of low back pain in jiu-jitsu is high and professional athletes seem to have a high risk of developing chronic low back pain
1: hmm. any thoughts I don't know there's so many again it just carries over to the general population people too um I don't know. I mean, it's a tough sport. Yeah. And if you don't... Just like I, I talked about earlier in this podcast, you know, your training should try to balance out the repetitive shit you do to keep your body up in your sport. And if you don't concentrate on mobility and flexibility and recovery, yeah, you're going to... Your back's going to hurt. Well,
0: you know what's interesting, though? Here's what kind of was interesting to me, too, was... If you're, okay, let's say you're a professional jiu-jitsu athlete. Would you say that most professional jiu-jitsu athletes at least have like reasonable flexibility, mobility? Like, Reason, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, they're higher than average, right? Like, higher than the average population. Like, they're going to have a higher degree of, of flexibility and mobility. But the low back pain is still the same. So, like, you know, that was kind of the thing to me is, like, you know, like, it's on some level, there's more to it than just, like, mobility is part of it. Maybe it's doing wrong mobility. Like, maybe you're doing mobility, but you're not doing the right kind of mobility. But the ability to be flexible and mobile on the mats does not equal the ability to move around pain-free. Yeah, true. And so, you know, I think that's where... Most people would look at jiu athletes and assume, like, they're so fucking flexible that they're not going to suffer from low back pain the same way as uh, the general population will. Because, again, like, shoulder injuries, groin, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, really, like, you're, uh, you know, the... So, anyways, that was kind of my... What I found kind of interesting when I thought about it.
1: Yeah, yeah I guess because, you know, my initial response, if we're talking about general population... It's just due to inactivity and shit mobility and flexibility. But then you take a professional jiu-jitsu athlete, they're not an active. They're, you know, a highly active person, physical mm-hmm. physically wise. And yeah, they're above average mobility and flexibility for the most part. But they still got lower back pain. And then I think that just goes into the overuse category. Yeah. And it's using the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. And constantly trying to keep
0: posture. Well, if you remember too, we talked about a study where they used the Functional Movement Screen to look at the athletes, and they found that they consistently scored pretty poor, and that again, there's a correlation between uh, a poor functional movement score and potential chance of injury. So, you know, again, it's like the um, like movement quality, that ability to strip back, because you know, again, not. To call you out on you know international podcasts here to our hundreds of fans, but when we did your functional movement screen nice it was not good, man, and that's something I was going to talk to you about here soon is like when you get back to training like when your knee is a go and and they're like, okay you don't need to protect the knee anymore, like man, honestly, like I think working with you to get that functional movement screen up to a passing score which is basically a two on everything with no asymmetries um should be the priority so that you make sure like prevent injury it it, it just it it took you know again man the, the fucking stats are there like a poor functional movement screen there's an increased risk of injury and for someone who's already had two ACL surgeries like just doing everything that you can to tip the odds in your favor to not get hurt and a lot of that is that movement quality so like again like you're pretty mobile. You're pretty flexible, but your functional movement screen is off. So again, it's like there's, there's a little bit more to it than just mobility. There's, there's a movement quality aspect that has to be addressed because it's that, 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 that core movement quality that, um, leads to the injuries and mobility is a part of it. But, you know anyways I just kind of thought like that study and the other one and stuff like kind of connecting a few thoughts in my you head. put it
1: like that helps solidify in my head it does it does make sense you know having a shitty functional movement screen score I mean, the correlation between that and the injury is probably pretty goddamn high yeah and again I'm, I'm on ACL surgery number two yeah so it's there's, a, there's definitely a problem yeah i need to address and i would be like
0: and that's really kind of what the functional movement screen especially for athletes like you coming back from an injury was to okay like you know when jenna signs off and says or you know your doctors and Vail sign off and they say like okay you're good to go back to training you know that's like that knee is good to go back that to tendon. training that tendon is good that's to go all they're back saying that's all Jen- they're saying right and so at that point, it becomes like, all right, now I got to make sure that my movement quality is where it needs to be so that I'm not putting any extra strain on this tendon. And so instead of just jumping right into kind of performance training, and that's the mistake that a lot of people make is they skip that that gap between the you know the functional rehab or whatever you want to call it. It's like they, they rehab the injury and then they jump back into training without that kind of uh, filling in that gap between the, the two, um, the two things. So anyways, that's a good point. We'll work on the project. We'll call it the fucking Rob Ikoff project. Sounds good to me. Yeah. You
1: have to run me through a functional, we should probably do it pretty soon and kind of see where I'm at. Yeah. See where I'm at now. And...
0: Yeah. we well, see anytime you have some sort of restrictions and we know the restrictions are there, then it kind of throws the whole data set out because you're just moving to protect the knee. Right, like so, like 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 pain and uh, restriction of of movement because of the the surgery, your brain is going to be coming up with um, strategies to compensate. to compensate for that.
1: Yeah, see, but I don't think like remember, I mean, I'm not I'm aware of the functional movement screen test, but I don't have it like memorized. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of anything in there that would be dangerous for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That would be restricted from doing. It's so all mm-hmm. really safe moves. And, not, and nothing, nothing that I would even consider suspect to where my, I, I don't think my body would get into like a protective mode. Or yeah. compensation mode. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think. Yeah. You know, yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. These years, I don't know if I expressed my thought. Until no, I, I
0: know, I know what you're saying, but it's just, it's hard because we're such a poor Um, it's like with sleep, like we're the worst, you know, we don't know if we don't have enough sleep, right? Like it's just, it's, it's not a conscious thing. And so that's the whole thing. Like movement compensations are just that, like, they're not a conscious thing. They're totally subconscious. So of course you don't feel like it hurts when you move because you have some way of moving that doesn't doesn't hurt. And so, uh, you know, when you're and, and that's like I said, when you're cleared and we know that like okay, the tendon is where it needs to be so that you can move the way that you need to. Now we need to look at it and see what's going on and then uh, you know, go from there. Because yeah, man, like right now, like I, I watch you move, you still you still protect that thing a little bit. Do I? Yeah. Consciously, so, I'm sure I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you've even said, like, you can't sit back on it the same. Like, there's just, you can't put weight on it the same. There's just, there's a couple things that you can't do the same as the other knee. And so, your brain knows that. And it is, it, it, it's protecting it in, in subtle ways that you're not always aware of. So, that's why, like, right now, your whole thing is just, you're doing the right thing. Rehab that knee, right? Like, just don't do anything to fuck with it. Just kind of keep things going, and then when you get the green light, like, okay, man, your knee's good to go. Or past that acute rehab stage, you can start training again. And it's like, all right, now we need to make sure we're getting everything lined up before you start fucking hammering the gas real hard. Like that's the that's the idea behind it. So yeah,
1: seems like an intelligent approach. Yeah,
0: because you're not I'm, you're not hammering the gas. No. you know what I mean you're still taking care of that knee. So it's uh, you're you're yeah, it's uh anyways. Anyway, so good thought. Okay, I got one more bro science for you. Sweet. The title of the study was Faces of Glory The Left Cheek Posing Biased for Medalists of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu competitions.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> who who did this study?
0: Oh I didn't see who did it. Uh it doesn't matter. Um, The study uh, says that laboratory studies have shown that people tend to show the left side of their face when asked to broadly express emotions, while they tend to show the right side when asked to hide emotions. And so to test this theory, they went and found a bunch of pictures of people getting their medals at Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitions and checked to see which side of their face they were biasing as they were expressing their emotion, getting their medal, and uh, lo and behold, it held up. That the left cheek bias for expressing emotion held up when checking out medalists at BJJ competitions.
1: And so, when someone has a tendency to show you the right side of their face, they're trying to hide emotion.
0: Yes, yeah. If you're like sad and and you have to like hide that you're sad, then. Or mad or whatever, and you have to hide it, then you'll tend to like turn to the right. Well, you notice I'm
1: slightly turned to the right right now because you were just dogging my fucking functional movement. See? So I'm I'm masking my anger (laughs) and my my disdain for you right now.
0: I started thinking about that. I'm like, man, I always turn my right side. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this must be why people don't talk to me. (laughs) We've been talking about like how. No, that's
1: if you always turn your right side, that's why people talk to you, is because you're hiding your disgust for them.
0: Well, like, no, 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 but they can tell. Like, subconsciously, we know, like, someone, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would think that humans I think, pick up yeah. on these subtle cues. We 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 know these things. There's tales.
1: Uh, I, see, I'm looking at it the other way. Okay. I'm thinking I get too much unsolicited conversation in public is because I'm showing my right side to people more and I'm hiding my disgust from them. Oh. They don't know by me showing my right side to them, I'm masking my disgust. Okay.
0: Uh. You see what I'm saying? I if,
1: see it. if I was to show my left side, they could see that I have absolutely zero fucking desire to interact with them.
0: Well, I think you are showing your left side, and then it's inviting. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. I disagree. <laughs> I respectfully disagree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking follow you around secretly, <laughs> and we're gonna see when you're interacting with people which side of your face do you bias. <laughs> so
1: that'll be the next study.
0: Yes, the, the FedEx driver bias faces of delivery. Faces of delivery. I was looking through, I'm like, faces of glory. You know what I mean? I read this title and I'm like, I had to read it like two or three times to like, what am I reading here? Then I click on the study and I'm like, oh my God, this is insane. Somebody got money to do that.
1: That's crazy. That shit is not free. Who paid them to do that? I
0: don't know, man. They got a grant. They went and submitted money and, or submitted for a grant. I mean, unless somebody just had the money. But yeah, then you gotta go through the, the yeah, process but we can, of the stuff. We could put behaviors.
1: out a quote unquote study and say that and we could go look at five fucking pictures of people getting medals. You know, we don't have to state how many we looked. We can just
0: Well, I mean in the in the in the I was just looking at the abstract. I'm sure in the They full, got they broke it down more. Yeah, they broke it down quite a Maybe bit. Maybe that's more. a new
1: segment we need to do on our podcast is the Grumpy
0: Guy Studies. Yeah, how's that different than bro science? It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking at the studies is interesting, man. Sometimes you gotta do that. Like it is it's the conclusions they massage the conclusions a lot of times because they know that their conclusion, if it matches up with what the people reading it already think and wanna hear, then the odds of it getting passed along and approved and, and uh, you know, Going to a journal or whatever, or higher, and so you'd be shocked at how many times you know you're reading the study and then you look at the fucking conclusion and you're like, wait a minute, that is not what the fucking study said. Like either they're kind of like you know fudging a little bit or they they throw in a little wording that's like it's just it's uh it's fucked up. So, anyways, I still like to look through the abstracts because it's hard to read through the whole thing. It is. So i just need the bullet points exactly man exactly give me the bullet points so there you go there's our uh our bro science Sweetie. low back pain and left cheek bias <laughs> so, I'm Sure they're connected somehow they probably are I'm sh- yeah if yeah yeah if someone's got low back pain and they're hiding it they're probably showing to the, the right side, side. Yeah. yeah Ooh. god i wonder i'm gonna start thinking about this when i'm rolling with people i gonna be looking at them Super seeing science. which side of their face they're biasing and what does it say about them? So we opened yeah. up a whole new, whole new can of worms. Whole there. new can of worms. So, all right. That's all I got there. Got our cardio training thing here. Oh, the,
1: what was it? Why does cross so, cardio suck? So, nah. Like, I, I, gotta, I need more. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So this came up. This was actually something I talked about on my uh, the Bike James podcast um, because uh, somebody had written an article. They call it Mixed Cardio. Because CrossFit can sometimes be a little bit of a dirty word, but mixed cardio is basically where you take a bunch of shit that's supposed to be like strength training and mix it all together and call it cardio training. So, well, I mean, back up a little bit. You mix in stuff. So it's like, you know, you you could be on the bike or the rower and then you're doing like jumping split squats and then you're doing like med ball tosses and then you're, you know, so it's like these different exercises. Back in the day, we just call it circuit training, Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh and a lot of times, um exercises that aren't necessarily appropriate for cardio training are picked. Um and you know, I, I personally think like even something like push ups aren't something unless you're a goddamn world champion push up person. Push-uper. Uh, yeah, push Push ups are probably not a really good cardio exercise. Like if you're doing some sort of like mixed circuit uh, I'd even say like fucking push-ups would be pushing it for uh for most people. But um, so anyway, so it's the it's the type of workouts, the type of cardio, strength training that CrossFit popularized. You know, it, like I said, it's been around forever. It's just basically circuit training,
1: high intensity interval training. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got what all these, name you want put these
0: different names, man. But like I said, it's but that's what it is. And so sometimes uh. Like I said, I saw it being called mixed cardio, um, where you're mixing these different modalities together. And so, you know, you see it. It's like, you know, we're doing battle ropes, and then we're doing fucking kettlebell snatches, and then we're doing hitting the bag, and then we're doing fucking bodyweight squats. I, you know, whatever. It's just, I'd say, like, for most people, um, you know, if you think about, like, cardio training for jiu-jitsu and, and MMA, like, that mixed cardio uh, comes to mind. And it's like, it's, uh, you know, just like work hard and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so the, um, so anyways, the, the, my, my point with it was that that type of cardio is, it's harder to simulate, like you can, if you do it right, but you have to always be thinking about like cardio has specific, um, energy system demands. You know we've talked about like a five minute match versus a 10 minute match like that's a completely different f- f- metabolic uh pacing strategies energy systems demands all these things are completely different and so now are, and then are we doing gi or no gi are we doing points or submission only you know like how, so so it all changes it drastically it changes it right and so you know your ability to uh what you want to do is to try to simulate those demands as much as possible now one we're lucky because we play a sport that we get to actually do the sport right now what's what's the most specific type of training you can do for jiu-jitsu 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 or like you know jiu-jitsu drills or, or things where you're actually doing jiu-jitsu movements and stuff and so you can use that as specific type of cardio training and then, here's something else I've you know talked about, like you know, we were talking about with mobility, like you're trying to undo what you're already doing with your sport. And so, if you're already getting a bunch of cardio training when you roll, the you last thing you
1: need to be doing a bunch of cardio. You don't training. need to be
0: doing a bunch of cardio training. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why. Like I said, I was just, it really wasn't a subject for us as much as like a little side rant for me because just every once in a while, man, I, I you know. Peek my head around and look and it's just like you know dude just because you're working hard doesn't mean that you're uh improving your you know your specific cardio for what you're doing and so it's like having some sort of fucking plan you need
1: to have a plan yeah and uh, yeah i think a lot of people make that mistake though you know just because they're working hard or getting a sweat going doesn't necessarily mean you're progressing yeah you need yeah if, yeah you, get, you should have a plan and you know, periodizing your training. Yeah. And understand, having a goal and, of, okay, I'm going to do this for six weeks. I'm going to be okay, I'm going to do this for the next eight weeks or four weeks, whatever it is, but picking a plan, picking a desired outcome, shooting for it and sticking to it and then moving on to the next one. And yeah, and if you're getting a lot, if you're doing, if you're training a lot of Jiu-Jitsu, you don't need to be doing a ton of cardio outside of that. Right. You should be trying to undo the damage that you're doing through Jiu-Jitsu or, you know, strength training outside of it. And so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's easy to fall into that track. It is, man. It's super easy to fall into. It's
0: that easy. Track. You get done rolling and you're like, dude, I'm hot and sweaty and breathing hard when I roll. So therefore... I need to get
1: hot and sweaty and breathe hard when I work out.
0: Exactly. Otherwise, it's not specific to what I'm doing. But, yeah, what I was talking about this the other day with, uh, you know, the idea is you want a strength and conditioning program. Mm-hmm. And, and conditioning is about... It's specific to the sport. It's why it's not cardio. Like cardio is just kind of this general like cardiovascular fitness. Like conditioning is that it, it's just that you are being conditioned to train BJJ. You're conditioning an athlete to play football. You're, there there's specific things that they have to do to condition their mind and their body and their their metabolic system and all these things to play these sports. And they're specific to the sport. Right. And so the, um, what you end up with though, when you do a lot of that mixed cardio stuff, you end up with what I call a a weakness and fucking cardio program, you know, like, you know, you're, you're not getting stronger. There's no way you can get stronger when you're focusing a lot on that mixed cardio type training. Like you have to really focus on getting stronger to get stronger. And so you're not getting stronger. So you're getting weaker. And you're not working on your specific conditioning for your sport. You're just doing shit. You're working on your cardio, like your general cardio fitness, which is not what you want. So you end up with a fucking weakness and cardio program instead of a strength and conditioning program. And uh, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. People waste a lot of time on that stuff, it leads to frustration. So yeah, if you're if you're pl- doing jujitsu, man, like CrossFit and CrossFit type workouts and and cardio is Really, in my opinion, the last thing that you need to be doing. Yeah,
1: it's super uh, detrimental to long-term progress in
0: jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it took
1: me a lot of years to figure that out. I was... I I tried to do both for quite a while. And and finally, I was like, what? I don't know what it was, but finally, what am I doing? Like, I I, I can't... I remember when we
0: first met that you were still doing CrossFit. Uh Yeah, yeah. I remember you actually came to me when you were trying to, like, figure out something else to do. And you're like, I just need some other ideas for doing shit, man, because, like, CrossFit's killing me. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, remember when you made that decision. But, uh, yeah, it is. It's easy to make that mistake. And it's, um, but, yeah, if you're, yeah, what the fuck else was that? I think that was, like, my, my point. Well, that's the, the, one of the things in, in you know, training and strength and conditioning looking at physical qualities and the specificity to the sport. So like flexibility, for example, it doesn't have to be super specific to your sport, right? Like a hamstring stretch that helps a jujitsu guy is going to help a mountain biker is going to help a general population guy. Like flexibility can be really general. You know, you start getting into strength, strength will get a little bit more specific, but it still can be pretty general, right? Like getting stronger in your general lifts, you know, we're not doing a whole lot of BJJ specific positions with our ramping isometrics, they're pretty general. You know, we have a couple specific things we throw in with, uh, but for the most part, it's pretty general. Now, power, where you're you're trying to move with more speed, now that becomes more of a timing element. Now, now you're starting to get more specific. So, like power that you develop doing one thing may not necessarily transfer over as well to BJJ. Like you got to make sure that the power that you're developing is is being done in the the right context. So like this is why something like, you know, um <clears throat> I think that uh hip thrusts are better for training hip power than power cleans for a jiu-jitsu athlete. Because the yeah your the, the power cleans are just not very specific to what you do on the mats whereas like a, a banded hip thrust is. And so but that's where you would get more specific. And then finally you got your conditioning, you got your cardio. Training and that's the most specific. Like, that's why, like, what's going to be good for a you know, even like so what's going to be good for an MMA fighter is not what's going to be best for a jujitsu uh, athlete. Like, even something as closely related as that, they're still totally different sports from a conditioning uh, standpoint. And so, like, boxing is different than kickboxing, kickboxing is different than MMA, you, you know, and so. Taking if you're a kickboxer and you're trying to use a workout to condition for boxing, like it's you're gonna be missing shit. You you have to use a conditioning program specific to your sport. And that's again it gets back to you know cardio, you know metabolic demands and pacing strategies and shit, because that's really what you're developing. And so, but that's you know just keep that in mind when you're thinking about your training program for jujitsu. Like you can do general stretching, you can do general strength training, you get a little bit more specific with your power. But man, when you're doing your cardio, like you need to be making sure it's as specific as you can get. You know, and obviously there's if you want, you know, like an off season, and you're just kind of building some general conditioning, and you want to do that shit for fun, that's fine. But when you're really trying to improve your fitness and conditioning for jujitsu, it's got to be very specific to jujitsu, which means it's wrestling, doing jujitsu, doing jujitsu. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling drill. Yep. Yeah. So. Anyways, that's why, like, when people ask me, like, what do you do, um, you know, outside of jujitsu, jitsu And I always laugh and I'd say, man, you'd fucking hate me if I told you. Like, I really do not do a lot of strength training stuff. Like, outside of the isometrics and, you know, like, real hardcore strength training. And, like, you know, I know you're training real hard now because you can't roll. I can't roll, so. Right. But when you get back to rolling, be... it'll be going back the same way. It's like, people look at us and, and they really knew how much... Training, strength training shit we did, strength and cardio shit we did outside of jujitsu. jitsu Man, the vast majority of what we're doing is recovery. Yeah. Mobility and recovery stuff. And then so we can get in there and roll. And, yeah, because
1: you don't want to take away from your time to roll. Yeah. You don't want to be so beat up from your conditioning or strength program that it affects your mat time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's another thing with a lot those mixed cardio programs. Is they really tend to leave you beat up and oh, feeling yeah, pretty they sore. They
1: feel you, you feel real sore and then you just, you can't wrestle, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the biggest drawback to those kind of cardio programs is they just, you know, or workouts, they just, they leave you too so fucking taxing. beat up, man. Yeah. yeah. But that's the point because a lot of times, I don't know, CrossFit is a sport at this point. And yeah, if
1: that's all you do, then that's fine. Yeah. But if you're training for another sport, that's not.
0: Yeah. If your sport is to fucking finish those circuits and do it as fast as you can, then great. But, yeah, it's not going to help you on the mats as much.
1: Yeah, I, still, you know, I agree with you 100%. But, Pete, as with anything, people take it too far the other way. You get the people that are anti-strength and conditioning. Right. Like, oh, I don't need to do any of that shit. I'm just going to yeah. do jiu-jitsu.
0: See, we do, right? That's the thing, though. We do do strength and conditioning. Right. It's just we do way less than what people probably assume that we do. And... And the reason for that is like, well, this is the balance, right? That we have to maintain, like to do jujitsu, that's the most physically taxing thing, but that's also the most specific thing. So it has to be the priority and Then everything else has to fit in around that. And we have figured out like how much can we do to get the results or, or just maintain really at this point, like I'm not like it's fucking 43, man. I'm just, I'm not trying to improve my strength and conditioning to a large degree. Like I'm just happy where i'm at just want to be able to train hard uh into the fucking into the sunset there but uh you know so you figure out like what can you do to get what you need without interfering with jiu and like that's always the ultimate test man is it's like is it interfering with your ability to train jiu and if it is is it really benefiting your jiu-jitsu so yeah anyways that's good that's a good point yeah
1: I think, it's a good place to end it. I think so too. I need to muddy up the waters. No, just call that good.
0: All right, we'll leave it at there. So, all right, man. Well, I guess uh, have Hello, fun Brian. at work tomorrow. Fuck. And uh, <laughs> we'll get a we'll get a fucking recap of your first first week, week back, back at work.
1: See if I've lost my shit by the time we talk next week. I'm really
0: kind of curious to see what kind of stories we got.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, who knows? who knows?
0: Who knows? All right. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast.
1: Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. A hermit now, boom. Cool. Doggy school, foggy cool. Got a froggy, I'll Molly dude. Now they're calling Daisy Duke. Hanging by the lace of their shoes. No trace of the tools. Shaped into face, fuck the rules. Snooze you lose. One eye always open, it. it times two. No clue what soon. A brief suit might give you a few to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't include. There's end is near, where there's consequences, but what you do? To me meanie demon, a devil on many levels. I keep on beating for several of them rebels. Me, myself, he died. Me, myself, he died.